What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come, follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling lead us to thee. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the step of Jesus wherever they go. Though they lead o'er the cold, dark mountain sea, King his sheep, or along by Salome's fountains, helping the weak. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the step of Jesus wherever they go. By and by through the shining portals turning our feet. We shall walk with the glad immortals and golden street. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway we will follow the step of Jesus wherever they go. Amen. Please be seated. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Anywhere he leads me in this world below. Anywhere without him, dearest joy would fade. Anywhere with Jesus, I am not afraid. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Anywhere with Jesus, I am not alone. Other friends may fail me, he is still my own. Though his hand may lead me over dearest ways, anywhere with Jesus is a house of praise. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Anywhere with Jesus over land and sea, telling souls in darkness of salvation free. Ready as he summons me to go or stay, anywhere with Jesus when he points the way. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can say, go. Anywhere with Jesus I can go to sleep. Darkening shadows round about me creep. Knowing I shall wake and never more to roam. Anywhere with Jesus will be home, sweet home. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Amen. 
It may be in the valley where countless dangers hide. It may be in the sunshine and peace that I abide. But this one thing I know, if it be dark or fair, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, wherever I may be, if he is there. I count it a privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go It may be I must carry the blessed word of life across the burning deserts to those in sinful strife. And though it be my lot to bear my colors there, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, wherever I may be, if he is there. I count it a privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go. Good morning. We are glad that you are here. And those online, thank you for joining us. Well, we're trying to keep up with everybody, so we need to go back to our attendance cards again. So you've got two choices. You can do it on your app. Go to the app, hit the church tile, and check you're here. Or for anybody over 30... You can use attendance cards, as we always did. Put them in the pew, and we'll pick them up. But uh, we're trying to come out of this, and we're looking forward to the days where we get back up to our 400, 500, 600. In fact, I think we're going to start planning pretty soon, and love to see this church full again. Looking forward to that day. We want to congratulate uh, the Davis family on the birth of uh, Jacoby and uh, congratulations to them. I believe that was um, Saturday. With that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Father, we're so thankful that we have this opportunity to come today to worship and praise you, Father. We are thankful for the church and the light of hope we shine to this, to this fallen world. A place to refresh our strength and resolve to fight the good fight. A place our faith and trust in the one that gave his life. For we know, for we are know we're not saved by who we are, but by Christ Jesus our Lord. And we also know, Father, that Satan is waging a war for man's soul. But we have the cross in our trust and faith in Jesus. And that provides our eternal hope. Father, we, we are so blessed. So blessed. So often we take our eyes off our blessings of this life of family, country, material wealth, church fellowship, and our eternal promises. And we focus on what we don't have. Lord, how you have blessed us and how you have blessed our nation, a nation that other people risk their lives just each day just to be a part of. And yet, we seem to have difficulty finding our joy and happiness in our abundance. So, Father, we know we are blessed and we want to take this time to thank you for that. Lord, it's our custom to bring bring our concerns to your throne each Sunday about our individual members. 
You already know our concerns, but you tell us to bring them before you. And this also brings us peace. Peace in that we know that there is no greater act than we can provide to others than to pray for the ones we love and ask your mighty hand to provide those individuals the eternal power of hope and peace. Father, we pray for Fred. He'll be having some procedures tomorrow. We talk to Al. I pray for Aline and Helen. We pray for the Bells as they're having some difficult times. And Father, we pray for Ralph, who's, who's now home but still having his challenges. And we're thankful for uh, Danny Beaver and his uh, heart surgery and that he's home and, and doing well. And, and the list goes on and on, Father, of those that are sick and need help. And Father, I also want to pray for my friend and the elder, ex-elder over at Shiloh, Willie Freeman, and his family. I pray for them, and I pray that you provide them peace. He was a, he was a wonderful example. And we know others in our hearts, the sick we are asking for healing, the heartbroken and insecure we ask for peace. And for those friends and family outside the church, outside of Christ, we ask that they turn their lives over to you for the eternal assurances and the everlasting promise. Father, I often, I am often judgmental of others and their actions, yet I ask you to judge me by your grace and mercy. I pray the blood of Jesus and his cleansing power will forgive me of my sins. And we all pray, Father, we all pray that you will give us, each one of us, for our failures and our sins. It is above all human understanding of love that you would pay an unthinkable cost of the blood of your own son so that we might receive an unimaginable reward that we do not deserve, a reward we cannot see, a place we cannot touch, but by our faith we know it is true. And it provides perfect beauty and peace to all believers and will reign majestically forever and ever. We love you so much. We ask all these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. Prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. Let's sing that old favorite, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep, Jesus, keep me. Ah, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain in the cross, in the shall find rest beyond the river near the cross all Lamb of God bring it scenes before me help me walk from day to Shadows over me, in the cross, in the 
Well, good morning, everyone. I am just very, very happy to be here today. Strangest thing. About nine months ago, I woke up on a Sunday morning, felt like I just didn't quite get enough sleep. And today, feels like I got it all back. I just can't understand it, you know. But uh, uh, anyhow, it just kind of popped into my mind there. Uh, you may have noticed this pen. I'm not real big on wearing pens and stuff like that. But this, to me, is a special time of year. And I know we've got some other history buffs. Mike's real into this. You know where I'm going. But Thursday marks the 103rd anniversary of uh, Veterans Day. Veterans Day got its start. It wasn't actually called Veterans Day back then. But on the 11th, uh, the 11th day, uh, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, European Standard Time in 1918, the guns of World War I fell silent. A lot of people don't realize this, but more British, more Italian, and more French soldiers died in World War I than did, they did in, in World War II. I'm not up here to give you a history lesson, but as things progressed, we came up with Veterans Day as a nation, and other nations have instituted their own Veterans Day or their own version of it. But it is on that day where we pay respect to those that uh, either alive, uh, they may be still with us today. Uh, we uh, have some veterans with us, and we're going to be recognizing you uh, fine uh, ladies and gentlemen next week, I understand. But there were some that gave it all. They, they left their life on the battlefield. And why did they do that? Well, they did that so that you and I could live free from tyranny. Tyranny brought about by tyrants, maybe, uh, you know, across an ocean or maybe here close by. But they, they stood on that wall and they made that sacrifice so that we could be free of tyranny. And I have had this opinion for years and I've been laughed at because I've said this, but the United States Armed Forces are the greatest force for good that the world has ever known, second only to Jesus Christ and his church. That's just my opinion. And these, these veterans that made that sacrifice, uh, they, uh, they did so selflessly. They were very, very brave. And they accomplished some wonderful things. They changed the lives of everybody in this room, everybody in this country, and many people around the world. And as brilliant as their accomplishments were, they pale in comparison to the accomplishments of one man who walked the earth back in A.D. 33, and he died for all of humanity. And his actions were those, his actions were just like one of our veterans. This man lived a perfect life, he did nothing wrong every day that he was alive. He never committed a sin, never did anything that was wrong, never, never even came close to it. And then one day he was arrested, uh, you know, by a bunch of, you know, authorities carrying whips and clubs and swords, which was overkill. And he was taken to a, a mock court where he was spat on, uh, punched, made fun of, ridiculed. Uh, he was uh, whipped which killed a lot of people just, just like that uh, by itself. And then he was forced to carry a piece of heavy timber up this hill where he was nailed to it in a manner that was designed to maximize his suffering. Now, while he was up there in excruciating pain, you know, you would expect him to be saying perhaps, you know, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm the wrong guy. I, I didn't do any of these things you said. But he didn't do that. While he was up there hanging on that cross in horrible pain, this man, Jesus Christ, he looked down and he saw his mother standing next to John. And he said, Mother, behold your son. And then he said to John, John, behold thy mother. He's taking care of his mom. He's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about his mother. And then he looks out at that crowd down below him and he's hanging up there in excruciating pain. And he sees them taunting him, yelling at him, you know, crucify him, all that kind of stuff. And what does he do? Well, he prays for his enemy. He says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. 
that was the greatest act of heroism that has ever been, uh, that's ever happened in all of history. That is the most critical thing that ever happened of all, in all of history. And when we think back of our veterans that died for us to keep us from having to live under the tyranny of, say, a foreign dictator, we also should look to Jesus Christ who died so that I and you would not have to live under the horrible tyranny of sin. And this is a wonderful thing. Uh, we're told in the Bible every Lord's Day to remember this sacrifice by partaking of this unleavened bread and this fruit of the vine. And so now as we begin this process, let's go ahead and have a quick prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we, we thank you so much for this day, for this time together. Uh, we thank you, Father, for the freedom that we have here in the United States, and we thank you for those that made it possible. Uh, but we also thank you, Father, for the freedom that we have from sin due to the bravery and the toughness and especially the love that your son had for all humanity, and he still has it today. Uh, we pray, Father, that you help us to live our lives as your son would live if he still walked this whole earth as a mortal human being. And as we partake of this unleavened bread, may we do so in a manner that you find acceptable and well-pleasing and help us to remember Jesus and to emulate his life every day with our own. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Again, Father, we approach your throne. We thank you for uh, the spiritual blessings that we have through your son, Jesus Christ. And we realize that the only reason we enjoy these blessings is because he was willing to shed his precious blood on that cross so that our sins could be washed whiter than snow. As we partake, Father, may we again do so in a manner that is uh, pleasing and acceptable to you. And may we do so in a spirit of thankfulness and uh, thankfulness for your son's sacrifice, but also, Father, uh, a sense of sorrow that it was our sin, my sin, that made this necessary. We know, Father, that your son went to the cross, suffered and died because it was necessary for our benefit and not for his. As we partake, Father, again, we ask that uh, we do so in a manner that you find pleasing. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Separate and aside from the Lord's Supper each week, the elders set aside this time where we can give back to the Lord some of the material blessing that uh, he gives to us. Uh, we have several ways of doing it. We've got uh, some boxes in the back for you there. You can go online. You can even just mail your donation, however you want to do it, to the church office. But no, however, it, it makes no difference how you choose to do it. But uh, all we ask is that you do it with a, a cheerful heart, a thankful heart, and uh, 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 we'll, you're going to find that if you're generous, good things come back to you. And uh, we've had, uh, we have a father, uh, we have a, a savior that have been extremely generous to us. And at this time, we give back a portion that they blessed us with back to them. So let us pray together. Again, Father, uh, we approach your throne. We thank you so much for the material blessings that you have bestowed upon us. As we give back to you, Father, may we do so with a humble, contrite, and a cheerful heart. And we pray that the funds raised go to glorify uh, your kingdom and to help uh, spread the gospel and help those who are poor. Uh, we pray that uh, what we give today you will find uh, pleasing and acceptable, may be put to good use, and may it again be used to glorify your kingdom, spread your kingdom, Father. 
Uh, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing Jesus Loves Me while our kids come up for kids' time. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So we have a wonderful group here today, and we have a lot to celebrate today. We have uh, <laughs> Knox here, who is already practicing his sermon nap, and um, we have... Uh, we have uh, a brand new baby in your family, don't we? His name is Jacoby. Have you seen him yet? Yay! He's beautiful, isn't he? I've seen a picture. He's a big baby. Yes, that's right. I saw that. He nine pounds fourteen ounces. I think so. nine pounds seven something like that. He's a, he's a beautiful baby. Yes. Well, he is he is a beautiful baby, and you know what? Today we're going to be talking about letting our lights shine, and we're going to sing that song in just a moment, but you know when we talk to other people and we're kind to other people and we treat them with love, that's a good thing, isn't it? That's what it means to let our light shine. Now, do we treat people well and good and with love? Are the only ones we treat that way the people that like us? Are we supposed to treat everyone that way? Everyone, that's right. We're supposed to treat everyone that way. Even if they don't treat us that way, that's the way Jesus treated us. And so that's the way we treat others. And that's what it means to let our light shine so that they can see us doing good things. Even the people that might be mean to us, still we love them just like Jesus loved us. And so I want us to sing that song about the little light shining, but I want us to do it Mr. Bill's way, okay? Do you remember that way? Do you remember? Can you do this? I'm all wrapped up. I'm all tied up. I'm all tangled up in Jesus, right? So try that again. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Now there's another very important part to the song that you need to know. It's now, now, now. <clears throat> very high uh, Bible theology there, and so I wanted to see if we could practice that. You ready? Now, now, now. Nice. Very good. Very good. Okay, now let's try to sing that song, okay? I'm all wrapped up. I'm all tied up. I'm all tangled up in Jesus. I'm all wrapped up. I'm all tied up. I'm all tangled up in God. I'm all wrapped up. I'm all tied up. I'm all Tangled up in Jesus, I'm all wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. Oh, yeah, now, 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 this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. Oh, yeah, now, 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 don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. Oh yeah, now, now, now. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. Oh, yeah, now, 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 all around the neighborhood. I'm going to let it shine all around the neighborhood. I'm going to let it shine 
all around the neighborhood. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine all the time, let it shine, oh yeah. So we let our light shine all around the neighborhood all the time, don't we? And we do that because Jesus loves me, this I know. Okay, let's go to blast or children's worship or back to your seats. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. All right, as Bill said, it's blast time for our young people. We encourage you to go as we stand and sing our song right before the lesson. The battle belongs to the Lord. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. The weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory. Again, we want to welcome everyone that's here in person. Those who are watching online, welcome to you as well. Uh, just as our shepherd, uh, Galen Siegler, said earlier, we want to encourage everyone to uh, register your attendance today. You can do that on the app. Uh, those of you that are watching online, if you are members here, you have the app and you can register and uh, check your attendance by going to that tile that says church and then clicking on attendance, and uh, you can do that right online through our app. Uh, Joyce is able to be here today, so we're thankful for that, but usually she's the one that checks attendance for Bill and Joyce because her husband forgets. So I always appreciate that she is the one that does that, and so she'll be able to do that in person today. If you don't have the app or you're just not comfortable using that, then fill out one of the cards on the back of the pew in front of you, as we say, and just leave it in the pew, and we'll be sure and pick those up uh, afterwards. Again, welcome to everyone. I have uh, my sister and brother-in-law who were going to be here with us today, but she wasn't feeling well, and they are on their way to Beaumont, Texas, the Big B. So they're on Highway 69 and are listening in uh, to our service. So welcome to them. Welcome to all uh, who are here present and also who are watching and present with us online. That means so very much. While you're filling out that card, you may notice those blue encouragement cards uh, right there as well. Feel free to fill one of those out also. There's a box in the back at the information booth that you can put that in. We have a wonderful team of people that take two weeks and uh, fill out those uh, envelopes for those cards and mail them out. And so we appreciate everyone doing that and sending a word of encouragement. A lot of folks need that uh, these days, as you know. And tonight we have a special uh, uh, time together at 5 p.m. in the Family Life Center. We're going to be making uh, calls by phone or text message or writing some cards out or even sending a few folks out for in-person visits. And so I hope that if you're able to do that, we're going to have some names of folks, uh, many of which came to our wonderful seminar 
a couple of weeks ago. And so hopefully you'll be around and able to participate with us this evening and send a note or make a visit as we meet together tonight at 5 p.m. in our Family Life Center. Uh, we've been sharing over the past several weeks a series uh, about uh, being good, bad guys and what that means. And we realize that not everyone in our community looks at us as being the bad guys, but it does seem more and more that people who profess faith in Jesus Christ, people who are active in, in church, uh, people who seek to glorify and honor God, the God of the Bible, uh, tend to be looked down upon more so than perhaps uh, they ever have in years past. And so our, our view is we can't control how people react to us. We can control only how we treat them and how we act towards them. And so if we are going to be considered bad guys, then let's be the best bad guys that we can be. And what does it mean to be good bad guys? And that's what we've been sharing and talking about. And this morning, we're going to be speaking about being good bad guys in the community, letting our lights shine. Well, in order to be good bad guys in the community, we must be active in the community. Now, see, I had years and years of graduate school that allowed me to be able to realize that and consider that and think that up, and I'm proud to be able to share my ultimate knowledge with you today. <laughs> this isn't rocket science. If we're going to be good bad guys in the community, it follows that we have to be active in the community. If we are going to let our lights shine, <laughs> then we need to be out there where the people who are living in darkness can see that light. In order to be good, bad guys in the community, we must be active in the community. And so this morning, as we consider that thought, I want to share a few things, uh, reminders, really. We know all of these things. We just sometimes need to be reminded that this is how we're supposed to live. This is how Jesus lived, and this is how he calls us to live today. And it's interesting, sometimes we get caught up in that thinking, well, but things are so much more difficult now than they used to be. He doesn't expect us to be that way now. Well, quite the opposite. As we read through the pages of the New Testament, we read about Christians and about churches who were having a very difficult and, and hard time, and yet they were called upon to be the salt of their earth, to be the light of their world, to let their lights shine. And as you know, the lights are especially needed when things are so very dark. I remember uh, back in the day uh, when Joyce and I were young and we, were, we would dra dra travel to, from San Antonio to Garner State Park. Beautiful place. Many of you have been there. Wonderful place. And I don't know if you can still go up and go through it now, but there was a cave up one of the hills, and it was called the Icebox, because it was, no matter how hot it was outside, it was cold in that cave, but it was also something else. What was it? Dark. I mean, it was dark. In fact, you would do this, and you couldn't see your hand, and literally could not see your hand in front of your face. Well, when things are especially dark, that's when the light is especially needed. And so to be the light of the world, first of all today, our lights must shine. If we are going to be good, bad guys in the community, we need to be active in the community. And to be the light of the world, our lights must shine. We must not hide them. We must not let Satan blow them out. But our lights must shine. And of course, that's taken from those wonderful words of Jesus in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, they set it up on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the whole house. And then Jesus says this, 
In the same way, let your light shine among others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. The Apostle Peter heard Jesus say those words in the Sermon on the Mount, and then later on when he would write to disciples, to Christians who were in places and in churches and in communities that were very difficult for people of faith, he would say these words in 1 Peter chapter 2, live such good lives among the pagans that though they may be critical of you, they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Glorify God on the day that he visits us. Peter was writing to people who were having a very difficult time in their communities. And so what he said was, live such good lives among them. Let your light shine so among them. That even though they criticize you and speak ill of you, they may see your good deeds and perhaps be brought to the Lord. To be the light of the world, our lights must shine. Um, Secondly, today, to be like Jesus our Lord, we must do as he did. We must do as he did. And Jesus came preaching a message of hope and of joy and of God's presence of forgiveness, of kindness and goodness and love. I appreciated so much Galen's prayer earlier, asking God and and looking for that strength and that blessing to be able to uh, appreciate the wonderful blessings that we have, living in the country that we live in, having the, the church that we have, having the friends that we have, the family, being blessed so much more than so many in the world. In fact, today is an international day of prayer for the persecuted people of faith, Christians around the world. And yes, there are much persecution going on still today. And so we can recognize and appreciate and and be thankful for the great blessings that we have and, and not present ourselves to our community as, a, as if we are struggling more than any human beings ever have. Quite the opposite, in fact. And yet, if we were to ask them, the people that are around us, the people that we work with, the, our family members, the, the people in our neighborhood, if we were to ask them, what, 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 how would you describe me? What words might come to mind? Would they say joy? Would they say hopeful Would they say servant or blessing? What would they say? Would they say angry? Would they say selfish? Would they say afraid? Jesus and the disciples and the first century church had every reason to feel those ways, and yet they did not. They boldly proclaimed the word of the Lord, but before they boldly proclaimed it with their mouths, they boldly displayed it with their lives. No matter how hopeless their situation might have been, nothing could take away the hope that they had in Jesus Christ. And the same is true of us. To be like Jesus our Lord, we must do as he did. Well, what does that look like? Well, John 13 gives us one example Jesus in that upper room, Jesus with those uh, disciples, those 12, including Judas, who was about to betray him, Peter, who was about to deny him, all of the rest who were about to run off and leave him to die. And yet there's Jesus at the beginning of John 13, taking off his clothes, putting a towel around him, getting a bowl of water, and going from disciple to disciple, washing their dirty, filthy feet. The Son of God did that to people who were about to do him so much emotional wrong and hurt. And yet that's what Jesus did. And then he applies it, uh, skipping down in John 13 to these words, beginning at verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash my feet. Well, that's what we think it should say, right? 
But it doesn't say that. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. You say, oh, but Bill, those, those people around me, they don't deserve for me to treat them well. They don't deserve for me to be kind to them, for me to serve them. And I'll say, you're, you're probably right. No more than these disciples deserved for Jesus to wash their feet. No more than you and I deserved for Jesus, as Bill so wonderfully shared earlier, as he gave his life for us. I have set you an example, verse 15, that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's not just knowing that Jesus wants us to live this way. It's to actually live that way. To have that joy, to have that hope, so much so that it spills out into kindness and love and well-treatment of others. Skipping down in John 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Why would that tip everyone off? Because no one else does it. They might love their friends. They might be kind and gracious to the people that are kind and gracious to them. But what's going to separate us from everyone else is to treat people the way Jesus treated us. With love and kindness even when we were unloving and unkind to him. Now we're called to do the same for others. In 1 John chapter 4, John speaks so much in chapters 3 and 4 of 1 John about loving others. And he has a very similar statement to the one that he has here in the gospel as Jesus shared, as I have done this for you, as I have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. In 1 John 4, he says, as I have loved you, you also ought to love one another. Yes, we are called to love him, but Jesus also says, and it's a very strong message in 1 John 3 and 4 and elsewhere, that we are to do as he did, we are to love others. Paul writes to the Ephesians and the Colossians and tells them another model of Jesus' uh, actions that we are to emulate is forgiveness. And he tells them in the same way, just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven us, we also are to forgive others. That's a very high standard, and yet we're called upon to do that. Doesn't sound optional at all in Scripture. And the truth of the matter is, if we will treat people this way, if we will be loving and kind to them and respectful to them and good to them, even if they don't treat us that way at all, if we will... Testing one, two, three, Michael test, microphone test. This is Bill. Um, If you're hearing this for the first, never mind. Um, To be the light of the world, our lights must shine. To be like Jesus, our Lord, we must do as he did. We must serve others the way they, the way he served us. We must love others the way he loved us. We must forgive others the way he has forgiven us. And then thirdly, to have a faith that is alive, we must show our faith by our deeds. Just as he's already said in John 13, now that you know these things, you're going to be blessed if you do them. If you do them. Being good bad guys in the community doesn't just mean that we know the will of the Lord. It means that we do it. 
being good bad guys in the community means having a faith that is alive. And if we have a faith that is alive, it's about more than just words. It's about actions and deeds that demonstrate our faith. And you know these passages of scripture that are on your outline there and that are on the screen. In James chapter 2, faith without works is what? Dead. Faith without deeds is useless and dead. And James, in James chapter 2, gives a couple of examples from the Old Testament on that. Abraham, who not only knew what God had commanded him to do, but he actually by faith did it. And then, of course, the wonderful story of Rahab in the time of Joshua and the conquest of the city of Jericho, who knew without a doubt that the God of the people of Israel was the one true and living God. But she didn't just sit on that knowledge. She delivered those spies and she delivered her whole family because of her faith that was accompanied by her deeds, by her works. Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who what? Does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many are going to say, hey, didn't we do lots of great things in your name? Didn't we talk to others? Didn't we do all of these things? And yet Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. Get away. Why? Because it's about more than just talk. It's about doing the will of the Father. It's about a faith that is accompanied by deeds. It's about being good bad guys in the community. Not just being mournful or angry that some people consider us to be the bad guys, but rather seeing that as an opportunity to return good for evil, to return kindness to unkindness, to return love for hate. In two great passages in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 and Titus 3, 3 through 8, both of those passages, Paul talks about the blessing that we have because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And in both of those passages, he ends them in very similar ways. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, he tells the Ephesians. And to uh, his friend Titus, his, his son in the gospel, along with Timothy, he tells him to preach to those at Ephesus that they are to be devoted to doing what is good. And that's not dependent upon how we're treated. That's dependent upon how Jesus has already treated us. To the Corinthians and the Colossians, Paul wrote, and he told them, look, everything we say and everything we do, whatever we do, we do it to honor God. We do it to glorify Christ. And so a couple of ways that we do this. To have a faith that is alive, we must show our faith by our deeds. First of all, as a church, we do that in the church life and ministry that we have here. We seek to do what is good. We seek to help. We seek to serve. But it's not just as a church that we are called upon to do that. We are called upon to show our faith by our deeds as individuals as well. We are to called upon to have a faith that is alive, a faith that is followed by deeds and actions and works. We do that as a church. And the community sees that. But we also do that as individuals. And others see that as well. Several things about this. Number one, we hear a lot of times about thoughts and prayers. I'm giving you thoughts and prayers. And, and we've been criticized for that by people who don't share our faith, who don't realize the power that there is in prayer. And Joyce and I realize that, and we feel that constantly. And we get that, and we say that. My thoughts and prayers are with you, and we genuinely mean it. But people of the world, they don't quite get that if they don't see a life that is actually committed to helping. To allowing our prayers that go to God to be used and fulfilled in us. That God would actually answer those prayers by sending us to help. We're called upon to do exactly that. It means being active in the life and ministry of this church. And we have so many who do just that exact thing. Whether it's sending a little encouragement card, uh, helping send those out, 
writing a, a note or saying a prayer for someone, giving them a call, sending them a text of encouragement, teaching a Bible class, being willing to be a part of a, of a ministry or a committee that's a part of the life of this church, whether it's feeding the hungry through our caring kitchen or uh, distributing food on Wednesday mornings to the needy of our neighborhood. Perhaps it's going out and, and being involved with senior Christians or with youth or with our children. So many ways that we're active in the life and ministry of this church. It means giving. It means benevolence. It means helping those in need as a church, but also as individuals. It means volunteering in the community, in the neighborhood. Uh, my friend Bill Paschal, who shared as we gathered around the table, uh, is active with the Rotary Club here in town and is their president at this time and, and invited me to come to one of their meetings recently. And what a blessing that group is to our community and to and so many other groups like it. And people need to see us being a part of those things. We share our convictions about the Word of God, about everything, about morality, about uh, the sanctity of life. And as I've said before, it's, it's one thing to stand strong against the sinfulness of abortion, but we also must make sure that people hear that we consider both lives important, the mother and the child. And that however that works out, we want to be with them, whether they carry that baby and give her up for adoption or adopt, uh, take them into their own home, we're going to be there to help. Christian Homes and Family Services is a wonderful, wonderful ministry that does that. And we participate with them and they'll have another dinner um, in January after the first of the year. Hangers of Hope here in our neighborhood in Tyler uh, help with... Uh, promoting and supporting the Bethesda Health Clinic, so many other great opportunities in our neighborhood to help and to volunteer. We treat others with kindness and respect and help toward all, even our enemies, especially our enemies. It's what sets us apart. We share our faith. We invite people to come to a seminar or to a church service, to a, a, a fun uh, night that a Bible class will have next Sunday evening, whatever the event. We're willing to invite them to come and hear the Word of God and see people who believe in that Word so strongly. This evening we'll be doing that by sending some calls and cards out and people out to share with people who have visited us recently, tomorrow and every day, offering help and hope and joy to people in our circles that need that so much, and they need to see that in us. Well, as we close today, I want to speak of the irony of this, of being good, bad guys in the community. The irony is evident. We are to actively be good guys in the same community that calls us the bad guys. Did you get that? That's what Jesus has called us to do. The very community, the very people that might look down on us because of our faith, that might consider us the bad guys in society because of our convictions, Jesus sends us right straight to them. <laughs> we are to be the good bad guys in the same community. We are to be the good guys in the midst of those who call us the bad guys. Paul spoke of this in Romans chapter 12 as he talked about forgiving our enemies and blessing those who curse us and leaving judgment and vengeance to God. He said this in Romans 12 verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but rather overcome evil, how? With good. And you see, that's different. That's not how the world does that. The world overcomes evil with evil. The world overcomes power with power, strength with strength. Jesus overcome, overcame evil by submitting himself to a trumped-up charge, to vicious, horrible treatment by his adversaries. 
to crucifixion on a cross. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Peter tells us to live that way in 1 Peter 2 and takes us back to Isaiah 53 that looks ahead hundreds of years to the life and values and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself said in that great chapter in Matthew 5, a little bit further after speaking about salt of the earth and light of the world, he said, even among your enemies, love them. Treat them kindly. Forgive them. It's an amazing thing. And we are called to do exactly that. We are to actively be good guys in the same community that calls us the bad guys. And we gratefully, joyfully do just that. We're thankful to do that. We're grateful to God for what he has given us in Jesus Christ, so much so that we will look around at those who mean us harm and we will pray for them and we will help them and we will serve them and we will respond to their unkind words with kindness and we will respond to their disrespect with respect and we will respond to their hate and vitriol with love. Because that's how Jesus has treated us. And that's what makes us credible, effective witnesses of Jesus Christ. I want to be a worker for the Lord. I want to love and trust His Holy Word. I will work. I will pray. I will labor every day in the vineyard of the Lord. I will be a good bad guy in the community Jesus has sent me into. If we can help you do and be that, come as we stand, sing our song together. I want to be a worker for the Lord. I want to love and trust His holy word. I want to sing and pray and be busy every day. for this amazing opportunity we've had this morning to lift up worship to Thee in a spirit of truth and in accordance with Thy Word and with a spirit of love and kindness. God, I'm thankful that You give us a reason to place our feet on the ground every morning and that's to live for You in a world that needs to see and know more about the wonderful Savior Jesus who gave us an undeserved bread of life and water of life that quenches our eternal thirst. 
Help us, Lord, look for opportunities to share with others the good news of Jesus and the empty tomb. We ask these things in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen.